Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. All right, Andy, in the final segment of today's podcast, the Camp Preview 2022 and more, I have two topics I would like to hit in our final segment. The first is camp-related, and it harkens back to a piece I whipped up this week for WEI.com. One of the four players remaining, one of the four veteran players remaining on the pup, the physically unable to perform list, is third down back extraordinaire, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, the living legend James White, who Mike Reese recently described as, at a charity event, walking with an uncomfortable gait. So I... I think we now have to, and we've talked about him probably not being ready to play. And I know we've hinted at or like briefly discussed like how, how they might handle the situation. But the reality is they're going to have to either address the third down back soon and start working someone else in, period, or just blow by it and not and factor it out of the offense until he returns. Or maybe it's not even that big a part of the offense after 20-some-odd years of living and dying by how productive the third down back has been the Marines and the Woodheads and the Falks and the Redmonds and James Whites. So tell me, my guy, um, from the people that I suggested in the piece, Pierre Strong, who Mike Reese said might get first looks, uh, Ty Montgomery, Mondre, uh, J.J. Taylor, or nobody, who do you think is most likely to get first looks or first crack at subbing in for or maybe even replacing the legend of Sweet Feet? Well, they're not going to replace him because he's – been the best that's done that job for 20 plus years. Ivan fears the longtime running backs coach has talked about that. Um, you know, and, and it's a long list. It's an impressive list. I mean, Shane Green, Danny Woodhead, Kevin Falk, they've had guys that have come through that each one had their own strengths and really contributed in a positive way. I personally think it will be some combination of Ty mm-hmm. Montgomery and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I I am not as big a believer on the whole Pierre Strong thing. Um, I'll believe that when I see it. I think it's a big jump for him coming out of uh, a lower level of college. Hell, you got pass protection. You said he has rough hands. Lance Zerline on his NFL.com thing said he uh, profile said he has doesn't have great hands. But his college coach got in touch with Mike Reese and was like, his hands are amazing. This guy's got magic hands. Okay, hamburger helper hands. Timeout, real quick. 
I had to do player profiles of every draft pick the Patriots made over the last 20 years. And part of that, yeah. I always talk to their position coach. I can yeah, count tires. I, I can count on JPP's hand the number of times that a coach was negative about his player. They usually tell you, oh, this guy, he proved everybody wrong. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. Almost never. Coach who tells you was that was that inappropriate? No, it was actually it was great. Normally you'd be like, oh, I can't believe you'd make that guy. You would stoop to that guy. The poor gentleman's only like, no, I was. I'm all for that. Okay, I'm all for. Um, So I I could not possibly care less if his college coach says he's going to be great. That is, it's like I've always said it. Don't ask a little league's mother, little leaguer's mother, like how he played. Mm -hmm. Nope, nope. Have don't care. Sorry, mom. I know you love him and he loves you and the whole thing. You're not going to give me an honest report because I've lived that world with my own wife talking about my own son. And I'm like, did you watch the same game I did? He made six errors. He couldn't hit. He struck out four times and you think he played well? Like what the hell were you watching? He's my firstborn and I'll always love him maybe the most, but man, our kid sucks at this particular sport. Let's just be honest. Let's just be, let's just be honest. And you know, he didn't catch a, he, the most passes Pierre strong jr. Who has blazing speed. Sub four four forty, ten touchdowns of 50 yards or longer, which is just insane. But then again, he played at South Dakota State. There will be a role for him, we hope, eventually, if he can adapt to the speed and power of the pro game and the advanced schemes that are probably a hell of a lot more complicated than whatever they ran. Like, here, take it this way and go fast at South Dakota State. Typically, rookies don't play that much uh, as running backs, especially – when they're the pass catching back, Vereen and James White didn't friggin' sniff the field their rookie seasons. They barely you, saw the field. That yeah. tells you what they think the job is, how hard the job is. You know, the Belichickian put players in position to succeed, not fail. Don't set them up for failure. And with the pass protection and everything that goes into that job, I think there are a lot of uh, gray area decisions or decisions that need to be made quickly and yep. very much have the importance of the play ball security, but also the protection of your quarterback. So I would lean towards Ramondre Stevenson has been there, done that made mistakes, right? Missed mm-hmm. the pass protection last year, got blown up. Like there's issues there. Learn from it year two. You should be. And obviously Ty Montgomery had a lot of experience in a variety of roles and systems over the yeah. years. I, I think those two guys uh, get the first shot. And the reality is you're not going to be as good. You're losing. I think, one of the best pure third down pass catching running backs in the national football league over the last handful of years, four, five, six years, you're losing that if James White's not out there. So I think your expectations and and, and what you see in that position have to be tempered a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Mac Jones had an excellent rookie season without the best pass catching back, the best third down back, a, a clutch first down grabber, like James White, his first, he only had him for two games, basically. And then it was Brandon Bolden at that point. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I wish Pierre strong. I wish we could say it's going to be him because of that ridiculous speed, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to adapt to the game and it's going to be a whole lot for him to process in very little time. Plus like Fourier said during the first segment previewing camp, he's not going to have the practice and all of a sudden he's not going to have the contact. Then all of a sudden, like we saw with Ramondre last year in the opening game against Miami, Landon Roberts comes in and just done blowed up his whole world. Ivan Fears pulls him out, doesn't even play for a while, and he matures and grows as we get into the halfway point of the season. And now the kid's a stud, and we're going to be looking to looking to him for a whole lot this season. So a combination of Montgomery and Stevenson 
would make a lot of sense. I still don't think James White's coming back anytime soon. Like if the guy can barely walk or if he has a pronounced limp in late July, how the hell do you expect him to take contact come the middle of September through January, February, however long? So I, I, I agree with you, Andy. I think that's where it's at. Uh, and now for the second half of our potpourri or final segment here on the Six Rings podcast. Last night it was announced that, in my estimation, one of the uh, one of the more underrated, if you will, uh, one of the more integral and clutch pieces of the second half of the Patriots' double dynastic run has called it a career. And I'm just going to run this because I know how much everyone loves it. Uh, in, in the litany of his highlights in a Patriots uniform, the five of the 13 years he played pro football. I mean, come on, this has to be everyone's favorite, right? As you go, we talked to Tom Moore, then in Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here. And, then and my machine screwed up because I was supposed to play the Edelman to Amendola touchdown, and the butt fumble ran instead. Nice job, technology. I thought we were friends. All right, that was going to be the Edelman to Amendola pass, the pass against the Ravens in 2015. Hopefully our producer edits that out. If he doesn't, you know what? That's fine. I'll take the L and do a lap later. And if coach tells me I owe him five gassers at the end of practice today, so be it. Danny Amendola retired from the NFL. 13 seasons, like I said, five with the Patriots. In those five seasons, five consecutive playoff appearances, three Super Bowl trips, two Super Bowls, more clutch receptions and big games, playoff Danny, uh, Danny playoffs, or rather, whatever the playoff Dola, Danny playoffs, whatever they call them. Um, I think Andy one day, despite the friction between he and Belichick over the numerous pay cuts and the way they did business and the exhausting nature of playing for the Patriots, I think one day Danny Amendola should accept his red jacket, find his place in the Hall at Patriot Place presented by Raytheon. He should be a Patriots Hall of Famer for that catch for Super Bowl 49, where he was huge, for Super Bowl 51, the fourth and third, the two-point conversion, a touchdown there, and the AFC Championship game against Jacksonville. I mean, my God, Brady's got one and a half hands, Dola with two touchdowns, and third and 18, maybe the most underrated play of his career. Do you believe Danny Amendola will one day be a Patriot Hall of Famer, Andy Hart? Probably, but it could be a long wait. Um, this is a uh, stacked franchise, quite frankly, where yeah. you have, you know, the, the controversial types, the parcels or whatever, the Vrabels. And then every year, the, the list is just going to get longer and harder to crack into. You know, you have Edelman and Gronkowski and McCordy. Mankins is waiting. Yep. Mankins. Yep. Like I, Devlin, and I say that in all seriousness. If anybody wants to bust my balls, I'll effing kill you because he should go. Wait, hold on. No, you th- wait. You think James Devlin just be- come on I for will real? Come through this effing screen. You will absolutely do nothing of that. You are not going to assault me on a podcast. James, Where- James Devlin is the epitome of a team Patriots Hall of Famer, franchise legend, all decade fullback. A one-team kind of guy. Once he got into the NFL, he laid it all on the line, including his body, his neck, and his career for you. And I believe Bill Belichick is on record saying there are few more directly connected to winning than James Devlin. You just look at their success when he was on the team and when he wasn't. He made Sony Michelle a star. He won you a Super Bowl. If you if you want to come at me, let's bring it. I was going to say, are you going to come at me? Are you going to take me out like he did Jeremy Hill? I will take you out like you wouldn't believe. I will end you. I will end you. 
Um, Your fullback love is hilarious. Uh, no, I, I I would put Dola in before J- they both deserve it. Yes, and I think Danny Amendola deserves it because uh, you know while he never topped 700 receiving yards, never had more than 85 catches in a season, and that was with the Rams. I know he was signed to be the Welka replacement. Turns out it you know Edelman becomes the Welka replacement. He has to find a niche role. Balls out in his first game has 10 catches for 104 yards against Buffalo, but. In playing so hard, slight frames, 5'11", 185, little dude tears the groin right off the bone, is never really the same player the rest of the 2013 season. But in 2014, slowly starts establishing himself as a complement to Edelman, finding his role in the offense. And it's almost like he realized, okay, they're going to either look for Gronk or Edelman, which is perfect because I'll find my spot soft in the zone against their third or their nickel cornerback and great hands, Phenomenal toe drag swag and body control. And like I said, the, the clutch performances just started piling up. And you don't win a lot of those games. You don't win a lot of these championships without the massive contributions, the epic highlights, and the just general handsome blue steel clutch Amendola brought for those five seasons. Yeah, he's a, he's a really unique discussion because, as you said, he was a massive disappointment in the original role and the money he was signed and like right. you know, remember Robert talking about, yeah, we wanted Welker back, but we had already reached, you know, we, we found his replacement, paid him 30, whatever million dollars, which at the time was a lot of money. And he should have like been Jonu Smith in a way, but instead <laughs> he found a way to be a central figure, new role. Right. Like, okay, I'm not going to have that role, but this role is available and became sort of the third wheel in that bromance between Brady and Edelman, like he was sort of the, the wedged his way in there and they were doing videos and hot tubs and cop things and all kinds of that. Right. Weird. The, the Brady's pygmies. Yeah. And um, so he, he's a really interesting story, but for a crappy team, and I guess it would be weird because he kind of made his name as being a clutch playoff contributor, but there's a lot of teams where he's a slam dunk Patriots hall of famer or yeah, right. yep. whatever hall of famer. It's just a weird world where you have to beat out actual Hall of Famers, pro football Hall of Famers, to get in the team Hall of Fame. It's almost like they need a like a different wing for these kinds of guys that I would say are, you know, even the Kevin Falks of the world where you never said, wow, he caught 100 balls. But you're like, damn, he was a team Hall of Famer. James Devlin, I would put Danny Amendola very much in that mix. Um, he just might have to wait a while. I'm also intrigued to see, uh, I don't know if you saw the little mini controversy apparently Schefter seemed to have run his tweet by Amendola's camp before he put it out talking about Mm. how he was looking into tv and and he actually cut and pasted the text by the looks of it work question mark and then the the words underneath and then he posted that as the actual tweet does this work question mark and delete that but I don't know what I think of him as a would-be broadcaster you know his immediate next role I'm not sure he'll be great at it well, he's not afraid to be salty or not afraid yeah. to at least tell you how he feels because whether it was the 2018 interview with Mike Reese where he said Belichick was the greatest coach to ever coach football but then called him an asshole. Uh, or when Bra- true, I was going to say those are both perfectly honest assessments. I have no issue with them. I don't know why anyone in Pat's Nation would. Then a couple of years later when Brady leaves, and Amendola comes out and says it's all Brady. The Patriot way is not Bill Belichick or the championships or – putting on that uniform or do your job. It was Tom Brady. So he sided with his guy. I get it. But as far as 
The I think Dan Amendola might be pretty good at it. Obviously, looks good on TV. The man's a freaking professional model on top of everything else. Let's not get into his off-field accomplishments. <clears throat> yeah. trading, trading spots with him for a day. Talk about uh, a smart Hey, easy. Come on. Clean it up. Aisle heart. Aisle six rings here. As far as the acrimony between he and Belichick, hopefully he puts it uh, beside. He puts it aside. Doesn't worry about it. Uh, Belichick actually in the opening Zuma this morning uh, spoke to Danny Amendola and his retirement and had nothing but good things to say about it. Let's have a listen to the coach. Danny, um, you know, he he was a very good player for us, had a lot of a lot of skill, um, you know, mostly played inside, but could, could play outside, you know, could return, very smart, tough, dependable, great hands, concentration, just a good football player. Um, you know, glad, glad we had him here, and, and he certainly was a, was a big contributor for us. Nice to hear the coach was not saying like, uh, yeah, he was he was pretty good. Well, you know, helped us win a lot of big games, but uh, said I was a dink and said I worked him too hard, and you know, I took his money. So uh, you know, what, whatever, have, have fun in retirement, jackass. Like, no, that was all love right there, and I I appreciate it. that's about the best you're ever going to get on camera or verbally, not in written word from Bill Belichick. So I'm happy to hear it. I say Danny Amendola. Patriots Hall of Famer deserves the red jacket and the special Thursday night or Sunday treatment sometime soon. Andy, as we wrap up, because we've gone plenty long at this moment in time, any final thoughts, any last words you want to offer before we actually get into camp and return in a couple of days with your first blog observations from Pat's Camp 2022? Uh, I'm intrigued. Like, I think this is a really interesting Patriots training camp and preseason not, not only are you a fan, you go down there and you're just happy there's Patriots on the field and footballs are in the air and it's that time of year again. But if you're more of the truly analytical, and I think a lot of the people that listen to our podcast on Six Rings, they go a little deeper. They're not just, you know, they don't just show up on Sunday to watch a game. They care the other six days of the week. That's why they subscribe and listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're that type of fan, I think there's a lot going on. Like really like almost every segment of practice just yes. for grabs like you can watch somebody block catch cover tackle and put that in the back of your mind for when roster cuts come or when september 11th comes who's on the active roster who's on the field who's being given a chance to shine all of these things you mentioned for example raekwon mcmillan other years raekwon mcmillan if he's behind brewski and vrabel and mayo and all these guys you're like oh great he's he at least he can practice that'll help the team get right he's gary Guyton 2.0 right well now i'm like yeah i think it's important that raekwon mcmillan's active i think raekwon mcmillan might be your sleeper best linebacker on this team so from top to bottom other than maybe like jake julian the backup punter or a couple others almost every guy on this roster if you watch him in practice it's relevant to the 2022 Patriots. And I, I think this could be a really interesting summer in Foxborough. Could not agree with you more. It's weird to actually end on us agreeing on something, but long gone are the days of like, all right, here we go. It's championship prime season. I want to see everyone out there. Let's see Tom Brady. I haven't seen him since the duck boat parade. And then I just, uh, let me pump up my entitlement, remind everyone that I'm better than them. Cause I root for the best team in the history of football and or professional American sports. This is, and get primed for the playoffs and a Super Bowl run. This is, Holy shit. Wow. Everything's up for grabs. Like, what are the new Patriots going to really now finally look like? This team is – this Patriots 3.0 under Belichick is now about to fully take shape. You're going to see – 
if some people are going to call Foxborough and Gillette Stadium and the New England Patriots home for the next three, five, seven years. So your future as a Patriots fan truly begins now. And I, I and I can't and I honest to God can't wait. And I'll end on this little comment because we've had a number of great people watching on YouTube and Facebook as we recorded today. Cousin Chris, a regular on the old GFY Facebook, says it's the run defense. If a team can run the ball effectively, our offense won't even see the field this year, Andy. So see, people are concerned about the defense. One of they many should. things. There's plenty to be concerned about. Just remember, just remember, keep it simple and jello softens jello. And Eddie Monroe, last words. I love Devlin, but he's not a Patriots Hall of Famer. Thank you, Eddie. Go after yourself, Eddie. <laughs> For my guy, Andy Jumbo Hart, you can follow him on the tweet machine. His observations from Gillette Stadium where Patriots Camp 2022 is getting underway. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. We are back Saturday with our Fitzy and Hart program, 1 to 4. We'll be back at the end of the week with another Six Rings pod. Tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe and so much more. Camp is underway. Summer is still in progress, but football season is nigh. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to have a ton of good stuff for you guys all season long. So here we go. Until then, good night. God bless. Good luck. Drink up. And as always, go Pats. Six Rings Pod out. See Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.